This is the World War II Radio Podcast. A date which will live in infamy. This is London. We shall fight in the hills. We shall never surrender. Go ahead, Berlin. This is the National Broadcasting Company. World War II radio podcast. Today we have the third part of Nazi Eyes on Canada, a five-episode radio play produced by the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. The series warns Canadians of the danger of Germany and imagines a future where the Nazis have conquered Canada. This episode aired on October 11, 1942. It is hosted by war correspondent Quentin Reynolds. The World War II radio podcast is a Brick Pickle Media production. If you like the show, please leave feedback on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. And be sure to visit our website at brickpicklemedia.com slash podcasts, where you can find links to past episodes, as well as any of the books we feature in our podcasts. So thanks for listening. Enjoy today's episode of the World War II Radio Podcast. National War Finance Committee invites you to hear one of the world's best-known war correspondents, Quentin Reynolds, in tonight's story of Nazi eyes on Canada. In Canada, we remember the films that were titled Britain Can Take It, Christmas in London, and Atlantic Convoy. We remember them for the unforgettable voice that told those stories. We've heard that voice in broadcasts from Britain. Broadcasts about our own Canadians in uniform over there. From week to week, we've read the reports of that same war correspondent in Collier's Weekly. Reports that have come from the battlefields and capitals of a world at war. In the films, on the air, in the written word, he's brought us stories so human, so sincere, that we felt we were there in Europe, Africa or Asia with him. He is in Canada tonight to tell us a story about our own country. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Quentin Reynolds. Thank you. I'm glad to be in Canada. I've met your soldiers in England and Scotland. I know your sons in Air Force Blue who fly over Germany and Libya and Burma. I've seen your Canadian Navy in action in the North Atlantic. I have an undying admiration Canada. I have no admiration for the Nazi spy whose footsteps you've been retracing across Canada. No, I have no admiration for the renegade who chooses to call himself Colin Ross. I've seen some of the countries he spied out for his Nazi masters. France and Belgium and Holland and Norway, Russia and England. A man who has seen those countries since Hitler struck at them has pictures engraved on his soul that will torment him forever. That's why I remember that Colin Ross spied upon my own country and upon you in Canada. That's why I'm here tonight to tell you a story about one of your own cities and of a family that lives there. It's a story of Fredericton, New Brunswick. 
down east in your lovely maritime provinces, and of Sandy Smith and his family. That's lovely music, isn't it? Summer over the Maritimes, the tune is called. Peaceful, quiet, homelike. Like Fredericton, there on the banks of the St. John River. I went salmon fishing up that way one time. There are 11,000 people in Fredericton. They tell me there isn't a better-like family in the community than the Sandy Smith. No, it isn't a fictitious name. It's as real as the family that wears it rather proudly. Let's look in on them. Hello there. Hello. Hi, Dad. Hi. Hi. Any mail today? Two letters. Mom got one from Albert and Grandma got one from it. Wonderful letters, Dad. Long ones. You can read all of mine except the last page. (laughs) (laughs) So that guy still loves you. (laughs) Uh, Maybe it's just because he knows we like you so much, eh? Come on, drag him out. Uh, You read Bert's mother. All right, uh, Dad. Then Gladys, you read Ed. All of it. <laughs> yes, they're a real family. They're like most Canadian families. Healthy, happy, hard-working. And they've sent two sons overseas. Flight Sergeant Observer Albert Smith of the RCAF and Corporal Edward Smith of the 4th Forestry Company. You know, the Sawdust Fusiliers. I told you about them once in another broadcast. Like most Canadian families, the war has laid a powerful hand on them. Two sons overseas and a changed economic situation at home. Sandy runs a service station. The gas and oil business isn't what it used to be. Uh, hold it, Olive. Isn't my plane as bad as all that, Dad? Oh, now, you know I love it. No, I... Uh... I want to hold a family conference. Uh-oh. Sounds bad to me. What is it, Alec? Oh, nothing serious. Just a, just a discussion of the economic situation. Dad, have you been reading those books again? <laughs> <laughs> no. World economics will have to be left to the other fellow. We'll stick to that portion of it that applies to the H. Alec Smith family. Things are pretty bad at the service station. Well, gas rationing and the tire situation haven't exactly helped. Oh, I'm sorry, Look, perhaps I should move out. Now, now, then... now, hold on. No talk like that. When you married our boy, you didn't get to be just Mrs. Edward Smith. You're part of the family. We love you that way. That's right, Gladys. You better do Don't dare, dare even think of leaving us. Besides, you're doing more than your share right now. Look, Dad, much as I hate the idea of teaching, I'll give up my secretarial course and get a school in high school and get a job, Now, get it out, get it out. You know, the way you kids leap at that bait makes me feel good. You're a pretty swell bunch. But the economic situation isn't that bad yet. And I don't intend to let it get that bad. What I'm talking about is an advance, not a retreat. Oh, whatever do you mean? Well, we've got some land around this house. Why not use it? You mean farm? Well, sort of. I uh, I want to raise silver foxes. Well, I think it's a swell idea. Well, let's get some more chickens. We've got room for a lot more. I know. Let's raise pigs, too. Gee, we can all help. That's Maybe we the could... spirit. Family, gas, oil, silver foxes, eggs, brothers, <laughs> and all crops on the roof. That's us. You can't beat the Smith. <laughs> That's the Smith family. 
as real and human as your own family. The service station is still open, and they've got 31 silver foxes, 70 chickens, 30 hens, and five pigs to help the budget along. Sandy tells an uproarious tale about the night the pigs broke out of the pen, and with the whole family and most of the neighbors in pursuit, those pigs led them a merry chase over lawns and vegetable gardens and even into a culvert. It was a rainy night. But we haven't time for that yarn. I'd rather tell you about the night Sandy and his wife were sitting up after all the rest had gone to bed. What's the matter, Mother? Nothing, Sandy. Oh, yes, there is. What is it? Oh, kind of lonesome around the house. With five of us in it? No, without a baby around. Oh, I know. Raising four of them sort of gets you into the habit of having a young one around. Well, uh, why don't you get on the telephone? Telephone? Hmm. Call the orphanage at St. John's. Why, Sandy Smith, what would people think of us adopting a baby at our age? I don't give a darn what they think. If we want one, who in Sam Hill's going to keep us from it? No, let's forget it. It's foolishness. Thanks, Bill. Sandy, telephone. Okay, be right there. Better let me clean those spark plugs next time you're in, Bill. Waste a lot of gas if you don't keep them clean. I'll do that. Thanks, Sandy. I'll be seeing you. Right. Hello? Sandy. Oh, hello, Mom. Want me to get you something at the store? No. Are you doing anything special tomorrow? No, not that I know of. Why? I'm going to St. John's, Sandy, to the orphanage, and you're going with me. And so the five at home at the Smith house became six. I told you they were pretty fine folks. Ronald Arthur Smith, they named the young fellow... He's 11 months old now. He's the kingpin around that house, but he means even more to everyone there since that day last May when Sandy was called to the phone at the service station. Hello. Sandy. Oh, Mom, honey, what is it? Uh, A telegram. Which boy is it, Mom? Missing in air operations over Germany, May the 15th. Here he is. I'll come right home. Bert. Bert. Hello, Smith. I'm sorry, mister. I'm I'm in a hurry. My my helper look after uh, no, you. No, no, I've got to see you alone. Well, what is it? Well, uh, look, uh, I need a couple of new tires. Well, well, I wasn't lucky enough to get into one of the essential categories. What did I you thought... think? Well, those things can always be fixed some way. You've got tires here. You can fix the papers, government forms. Look, I'll bring my car in tonight after dark. Why and you, you can... dirty. Get out of here before I break every bone in your worthless body. Get out, I tell you, or I'll kill you. <laughs> haven't heard from Albert yet. 
Flight Sergeant Observer Albert Smith, RCAF, missing over Germany. I know those lads. I've watched them take off for Germany. I know the job they do when they get there. I wish you knew, all of you in Canada. I wish you knew these lads as I've known them in England. You're proud. Of course you are. You've got reason to be proud. But you who haven't any sons over there, I wonder if you know what they're doing for all of us, those boys in the RCAF. That's why I'm going to look into the future, take a long leap ahead, and tell you what will happen to the Smith family of Fredericton and to your family and mine if we let those boys down, those boys in the Air Force and the Army and the Navy. Maybe some of you better shut your radio off now. They tell me some of you have these past few weeks while you've been hearing about Nazi eyes on Canada. Better shut it off, then, because this is truth you're going to hear, and the truth sometimes isn't easy to listen to. What I'm going to tell you has to do with a town not unlike Fredericton. But so that we can understand it, let's think of it as Fredericton and the family, the Sandy Smith. the things we have done, the things we do now and tomorrow, should fail. Suppose we should fail as they failed in Europe to stop that army of Hitler. What then? Any news, Sandy? Well, Halifax and Sydney have fallen. There's a battle going on in the Bay of Fundy. When John falls, we'll be straight in their path. The children. Can we send them somewhere? Would they be safe in the woods? Up north somewhere? Oh, maybe for a while. Then what? Are the trains running to Upper Canada? Could we get into Ontario or the Prairie? No, Ontario was being attacked from the north through Hudson's Bay. They've already blasted every war in history in Toronto and Hamilton. The prairies? The Japs have already reached the Rocky Mountains from the Pacific Coast. Is it the same in the States? No, it's worse. Well, we've faced trouble before, and we can face it again. And in the same way. Yeah. The Germans closed the factory today, Dad. Told us to go home and stay home. The Nazi took over my service station today told me to report to the lumber yards tomorrow morning, or else. Did you hear what they did to the men at the radio station? Mr. Neal and his staff tried to blow up the studio building and transmit it down the river. They shot them all. Sandy. Sandy, they were here today in order to move out of the house by noon tomorrow. Well, they won't get my home. I'll... I'll make them take it over my dead body. That won't do any good, Sandy. Don't you see? What'll become of us if you're not here? We can live anywhere. Just so we're together. I wish 
waited five hours in line, Mother. And just before I got to the door, they closed the store and said if the rest of us wanted any bread, we'd have to come back tomorrow. There's some soup left from yesterday, dear. Don't tell Dad we haven't eaten when he comes home. Let's all pretend we couldn't wait. Oh, they're killing him in that lumber mill. Fourteen hours yesterday. Just about beating the life out of me, I guess. What happened? Why did they do it? Gladys, get the doctor. Oh, never mind, Gladys. The doctor couldn't come if he wanted to. Oh, Daddy! Daddy! Get some hot water, quick, Jean. Olive, tear up a sheet, a pillowcase, anything uh, for bandages. I don't know if it matters, Mom. They'll have to take care of me from now on anyway. They're taking me away tomorrow. Sandy! Where? To work in the woods. That timber. That's what turned them loose on me. I said I wouldn't leave my family. They said I couldn't help myself. Well, I tried to help myself. You can't beat whips and bayonets and steel butts with your bare fists. Not when they're 20 to 1 against you. you have here and what he charged with. His name is Schmidt. They call him Sandy Schmidt. He has been in the forest cutting timber for three months. Mm. When he returned, he found that his family had moved. He couldn't find them. It would seem he went quite mad. Mm. Well, what have you to say, Schmidt? Oh, he cannot speak, Robert. He is quite unconscious. Well, I gave him an opportunity to speak in his own defense anyway. Perhaps another three months in the woods would be good for him. It's so odd. I shall send him at once before I he... No, no, wait. Wait, I have a better idea. They need men in St. John at the wood part plant where they're making acid. The fumes there will perhaps clear his head. Hmm? <laughs> Yes, his father's escaped from the Germans. He got out of the chemical plant. They tried to find him. He's out of their hands. Oh, thank God for that. They posted a reward for him. Alive or dead? He'll try to get to us. He'll be here as fast as he can travel. Oh, you're a long way from St. John these days, Mother. He'll have to travel on foot and at night. Always watch. They'll be watching us. They'll put the Gestapo around all of us. They'll catch him as soon as he tries to reach his family. But what can we do? How can we stop him from coming? <gasps> They're here, the Germans. Don't give away that you know, Daddy. I'll go. Mrs. Smith? Yes? What do you want? Get out of my way. You're under arrest. You and everyone in this house. What have we done? What do you want with us? The man known as Sandy Smith has escaped from the plant in which he was working. And in the process of escaping, he killed a guard. A German guard. We have reason to believe he's hiding here with his family. He isn't here. Where is he? I don't know. You do know. He's not brought out at once. If you don't tell us where he's hiding... I don't know where he is. And if I did, I wouldn't tell you. No? I believe you do know. And I believe you will tell us. She doesn't know. None of us know. We only heard just now, just before you came, that Daddy'd escaped. No? 
You knew that he had escaped. Well, that's very interesting. Very interesting. And how could you here in Fredericton know what had happened in St. John, eh? I tell you, we don't know where Daddy is. Where are the other members of this household? My daughter-in-law is at the food store, waiting in line for the food you condescend to let us have from our own land. My baby boy is playing in the backyard. My other daughter is... is... The other daughter? Where is she? She is working for you. You should know that. You picture yourself as a file clerk for your office. So, that's the answer. Hey, you'll all come with me. Where? <laughs> you can no longer ask questions like that and expect an answer. One of my men will bring your son from the yard where he's playing. Another will find your daughter-in-law. My fire clerk will join us at my office. We'll have a family reunion, eh? I assure you, Mr. Smith, if your husband is not turned over to us within 12 hours, if he's not apprehended so that he may be executed for his crime in taking the life of a German, you, you and the members of this family will be made to pay the penalty. But in that case, I can assure you, the penalty will not be the easy one of death. Do I need to make myself more plain? No. You don't need to speak more plainly. Then tell us where your husband is at this moment. I don't know. And if your threat is true, I pray God I may never know. people of Czechoslovakia and Poland thought a few years ago. That's what the people of Norway and Belgium and France and Holland thought only a few short years ago. But such things did happen. Such things are happening every day among 80 million people who are enslaved. Pretty grim, isn't it? Well, what would you do about it if you found yourself in that kind of a situation? I'll tell you how one man faced it, and it's the way Sandy Smith of Fredericton would face it, too. Warren, do you think I could get across the river to my house? Not a chance in the world. 
They've got Frederick in patrol just about every 50 feet tonight. The big shot will be here tomorrow on an inspection trip. And they're going to make sure nothing happens to disturb the peace. A German peace while he's here. The big shot? Wait a minute. Who do you mean? The Gauleiter of the North Atlantic region. This... This Gauleiter. Is he the one that ordered the tanks to run down the women who tried to storm the food warehouse? Yes. Then you've got to help me get across the river. Tonight. Sandy, you can't. You'll never make it. Wait a few days. No one knows you're here. But if you go out tonight with these special patrols all over, you won't have... Why not wait till the Gauleiter has left town? That's just why I've got to get to my old house tonight. I buried a gun there when the Nazis first came. buildings now. Then get away from here and leave me alone. You're not in this world. I'm in it as much as you are, Sandy. One's enough, I tell you. I'll wait till I hear the car's just opposite. I'm getting closer now. Get out while you've got time. No. And that's final. You did enough last night helping me. I don't need help from here on. It's my show now, Warren. There's the first car. And the second. There he is. of the governor of the German North Atlantic provinces. It is decreed that every male Canadian citizen of Fredericton, men and boys, shall be executed and buried in graves that they shall dig themselves. That every female, women and girls shall be deported to German work camps for life. That this city shall be destroyed. Every building torn down, not one stone left standing upon another. This place, Herr Schultz. <laughs> it's many years since I was here the last time. Yes, it would be a beautiful location for our city. It was a city once, you know. Schultz, look, look over there. Yeah. You see that, that pose with a sign on it? Yeah. Once there stood in that very spot the buildings of a provincial parliament. Hmm. Those people didn't choose to accept our way. They killed an important official of our early colonial government in this country. It was used as a means to teach all these Canadian people who were their masters. Schultz. Schultz, read what the sign says now. Uh, here, once, to the city called Frederickton. Impossible? I wonder. Do you remember a name in the headlines a few short months ago? A name spelled L-I-D-I-C-E. Lidus, they called it. It was in Czechoslovakia, remember? Where once it stood, 
There is just such a sign today. The Germans boast of that fact. And they boast that they killed every man and boy who lived there. They boast that every woman and girl is now a nameless slave somewhere in greater Germany. All because a Gestapo chief who had earned the nickname of the hangman had been assassinated. Could it happen in Canada or in the United States? If I know the people of those two countries, it would happen again and again if the Nazis ever landed on our shores. We wouldn't take readily to their ways over here. But do we want to be remembered in history for that kind of heroism? Nameless graves, forgotten cities. Perhaps the real Sandy Smith, the man whose family we used as an illustration tonight, can answer that question for all of us. I'm going to ask him to speak to us now from his lovely city of Fredericton. It is a strange feeling to hear your own life broadcast over the air. It's an even stranger feeling to hear what might happen to a man's own family if we lose this war. The only thing that matters to me in this world is my family. And so help me God, everything I have and everything I am are in this thing to the finish. We must not lose this war. That's the answer, Canada. The answer that you're going to make into ships and tanks and planes and guns when you open your victory loan a week from tomorrow. Nothing matters now but victory. The Honorable Jail Ilsley, Minister of Finance, has asked me to express to you, Quentin Reynolds, the deep appreciation of every Canadian for your message tonight. Canada thanks you. <laughs> 